Hello and welcome to The Inner Gamer, episode 260. We are the video game source for you, the casual gamer. My name is Brett Yanoski. And I'm Awesome Rouse. And this week on The Inner Gamer Podcast, Brett finally plays Dreams on yes. PS4. And uh, you're going to want to stay tuned to that. There's some crazy good stuff that's coming out of that game and probably more crazy good stuff to come. And in the gaming news, uh, we talk about Warzone and how many players were uh, had jumped into that in the first four days. And yes, Silent Hill may be getting a reboot due to Konami and Sony trying to get this off the ground, and this could be the greatest thing in gaming history so far. And then uh, Epic Games finally gets some cool new stuff, which I guess is cool. I don't know why. Yeah, there's something. And then The Witcher, maybe a new Witcher game could be coming from Cyberpunk after or after the Cyberpunk launch. City Project Red, good stuff. Words, who needs them? In the discussion topic, we talk about COVID nineteen. And how it is affecting gaming events and more. There's a lot to cover in that. Uh, we get into some nitty gritty stuff, and it's quite a discussion. So stay tuned for that and keep that music. Welcome to the It is March 17th, 2020. Welcome to the Intergamer Podcast. For first listeners, welcome to the show. We make this podcast for our fans, so if you ever have any feedback, let us know on social media. If you're a return visitor, thanks for sticking with us. If you want to make the show better, please consider donating or simply sharing this episode with a friend. You can visit theintergamer.net slash donate to contribute. Also, if you're in the DFW area, um, I hope you're staying safe and away from COVID-19. But if you want to come out and join some folks in a very small not very heavily over 250 people setting. Uh, we are still having our event this Thursday. So if you want to join us for that, there will be a small handful of folks that will be out there. There will likely be hand sanitizer lying around so you can like clean your hands and all that stuff. But uh, we're playing some board games. So well, there will not be video games because I don't want to add the extra uh, difficulty of having to clean controllers and stuff like yes. that. I feel like that would cause a lot of germ transformation. So <laughs> Yes, it would. We will just have board games. Um, but we'll be there. You can come out and drink some beer, which, as you all know, kills germs. And uh, have have some have some fun with us. So come join us on the 19th of this week at Hop Fusion Brewery in Fort Worth. All right, we're going to dive into the games we played. So, yeah, Austin, for the yes. last, like, five weeks, I've mm. been saying I'm going to play Dreams. And you finally did it. And I finally played it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I finally did it. Are you sure you're not lying to us? This is, this I, is, I very well could be lying to you right now. It's not fake news. The only people that will know is you. And then oh. the people that follow me on my profile and can see oh. my previously, most recently played games, which shows Dreams as a recently played game. Awesome. Which is great. Yeah. But I've been playing Dreams. And for those of you that aren't aware of what Dreams is, it is a game by Media Molecule who you may be familiar with with the uh, franchise Little Big Planet. So they worked on Little Big Planet, and I believe they also worked on a game called Tearaway uh, back in the day. But anyway, Little Big Planet is their big game that they made. And in that game, one of the things that they had was you could create your own levels. And people were really excited about that, and it built a really big community around it. So they decided, what's the next step to do in creating your own levels? Well, let's make a game creation engine as a game and also put a game into it and allow other people to make games and just make a big, huge, massive marketplace. And then that will be called Dreams. So they did it. And when I heard about it, I was like, this does not make sense. This is going to be, this could be a complete, terrible disaster. Um, 
but I played it and it is quite frankly not a disaster. It is incredible what this thing has become. Because that was the biggest thing before it was released. Because it kept getting delayed, kept getting delayed, and people were like, is this even going to be good? Yeah. <laughs> like everything they're trying to actually push forward with this yeah. game was just kind of seem unreal. Uh, yeah. Because little blip, little big plant did pretty good for the most part. Oh, it did great. Yeah. yeah. I never played it, but I know a lot of people talked about it. And yeah. Did they come out number three? Like they had three iterations. Yeah, they had three of them. of them. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that did great. So, I, you know, just kind of piggybacking off of that. Yeah. Yeah. This is a definitely a long time coming. It finally released on February uh, 14th on Valentine's Day. Um, it's been in early access for like a year. So people have been able to play it and download it and create creations. But, and then those creations carried over into the main game, which is good. So they already had a content library at launch, uh, which is awesome. But there are, there are two paths to this game. So when you first open it up, you have the option of going either down the uh, creativeverse, which is where you create games, or the, I think it's called the gameverse, or the, the dreamsverse, the dreamsverse. And that is where you play the games. And when you go that down that path, that's the only path that I'll be reviewing and talking about here is that path of playing the game. So when you first jump into the game, you're introduced to tutorial that just gives you the basic mechanics of the game. So you learn how to use what is the center point of a lot of navigation is this little imp character. So you pick a color for your imp, you pick a style for your imp, and that becomes your mouse cursor. And this game by default, uses the motion controls in the PlayStation controller. So you move your hand around to uh, position your cursor on the screen, but you can do the fallback and go to using your thumbstick if you want to. But I've just been doing what the, the way the game is meant to be played and trying that out. So far, it's been pretty good. Um, but when games allow you to take control of the controller beyond that, like you can still use your standard thumbstick, and that's just whatever the game gives you as a control set, that is what you use for the, the controls. But um, the tutorial is really basic, simple. Um, it walked me through some of the mechanics of how the imp can be used in, from mechanically to like click and hold and grab things to like lift and open them. Um, as you're playing the game, you also have these little uh, orbs that float around in different levels that... If you collect those orbs, they give you materials and items to use in the game creator component. So there's kind of like a progression system in unlocking new pieces and stuff that you can use in your game world. Some of those can be sounds. Some of them can be character models. Some can be textures, uh, different things like that. I haven't seen any of those yet, but you can tell by the little icons inside the circle what they are. Um, and a lot of that comes through the game that Mina Molecule made as a basically first foray into the capabilities of dreams, which is called Art's Dream. And it is a very much a story adventure game centered around this character named Art, who has kind of been wrestling with his inner demons um, and is in a jazz band. And basically he screws up relationships with his jazz band and has to basically find himself in his own inner mind through a series of wild dreamlike landscape things that are metaphors for his inner demons that he's struggling to fight with. Um, it's a three hour experience roughly and it is super, super cool. It started out. I was like, this is, this is fine. This is okay. Um, the character designs are kind of weird. They're, they look like you're, it's almost like wood carved block characters. 
Um, so like the faces, the textures and stuff looks like they carved out wood, like a Pinocchio <laughs> thing or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but they're very, once you get into, you kind of like, it makes sense and it looks, it looks really nice with the, the style. And then one of the dreams components of it is you are playing these two little characters named like Foxy and Francis or something like that. And Foxy is a little Fox that can shoot out these discs from his hands. So you run around in circles and just like hold down right trigger and it just shoots these discs and you use those to like knock down wood to like cross a bridge or you use them to like hit an enemy or whatever it might be. And then there's uh, Francis who has a big hammer and you go around and like hit a hammer and use that to like knock down stuff or hit enemies or whatever you need to do. So that's like one component and your goal is to release this dragon that's locked up by this bad guy named like... Um, thimble beak or something like that and he's an evil evil person which is art's inner demon that you're trying to get after and then throughout the course of the game you're progressing towards closer and closer to unlocking the dragon which is i guess your good side of yourself and using that to then fight off your demons that are possessing you very cool and um then there's another part where you transition to playing this character named dbot which looks like um if you've ever seen the game, uh, what was that game that came out? That was a VR game on PlayStation that was really popular. Uh, that with a robot that people loved. Um, shit, I can't remember the name of it. But anyway, there was there was a, a game that came out that was like really really popular. Um, like supposedly one of the best PSVR games that exists. Um, it's a little robot character, like white and black, and has like blue eyes, and that's basically kind of what this character is. And it's a uh, it's called Dbot. And Dbot has this ability where you hold down R2 and it'll charge up and like um, kind of explode electricity around him. And then it turns on a panel that shines light down the circuit throughout this level. So you're basically trying to illuminate the circuits and connect the circuits from point A to point B to point C and all that stuff. And you have a double jump and then a double jump and hold. And that lets you hover a little bit. So it's like all these cool like brand new mechanics that I hadn't played from the previous character now in this character. And with that one, whenever you play as Dbot, you're doing a lot of puzzle platforming, um, like trying to do the right timing and jump over from like platform to platform and then do these different tricks to like get around when you're playing as Foxy and the other one, you're basically playing a kind of like a, like a Spyro the Dragon platformer kind of game, but you can shoot things um, and take down bad guys and some of the bad guys are these little like blue men mustache heads that come around and try and kill you. Others are amp amps, like like uh, guitar amps, that whenever you hit one, it activates and starts coming towards you and has this like red sphere around it that's like the explosion radius. So you have like five seconds to get out of the way, otherwise it blows up and kills everything around it. Um, there are birds that fly down and when they crash down the ground, they create this like seismic like thing that fans out. They have to jump over to not get damaged. Oh my gosh. Um, so it starts out as like just a light platformer and then slowly progresses into more and more combat and action situations to the point, like the last little bit, I don't want to give it away, but I literally like was driving, flying, shooting, playing a side scrolling uh, shooter kind of like a uh, Galaga um, doing uh, literal fighting like RPG 
type fighting or not RPG stuff, but like, like uh, action adventure fighting stuff, like so many different things all strewn together, seamlessly flowing from one to the other to the final epic climax where it was, I felt like I was playing Alan Wake because then it just goes in this like trippy sensation. And I was like, where the fuck did this come from? (laughs) All built in dreams. Like all of it is done with the tools inside dreams. So they wanted to make sure that it was 100% done with their tools to showcase the power of dreams. And it had voice acting. It had dialogue choices. There was a point and click adventure component to it that you could do uh, with art and, um, you know, that sometimes you use the imp to like pull open things to like research and investigate things inside of a trunk or mm-hmm. in the game world or whatever. And then you jump into the RPG, the action adventure game, and then you jump into the platformer and then you jump into the racing part and you're just like all over these different gameplay mechanics in like this one three hour span of stuff. It was a lot. It was wow. awesome. Wow. And that's, that's just it, right? the first game. Okay. That's just <laughs> that's the game that Media Molecule made just to show you what the game is like. My gosh. And then after that, they're like, okay, now you've played Art's Dream. Now we're going to introduce you to the world of, of dreams. Right. And now you're exposed to all the character creations and everything that people have made. So the way it kind of operates is you have a big menu and they have different categories based on you know, fan favorites, uh, the most highly rated titles. There's a search feature. There's a filter feature. Um, they have tags based on whether they're single player, multiplayer. Um, some of them are just like art scenes. Others are movies that you can like kind of like mini movies you can watch. Um, all these different things. And you kind of decide what type of person you're going to be, whether it be a creator, a player, or a curator. So curators, their big focus in the game is going to be liking, sharing, and promoting other people's content. Uh, players are just like, as it is, like playing lots of stuff. Um, and jumping into a game is super easy and seamless. And just like, there's all this cool animation on the screen that is so smooth and simple and like just gorgeous as you navigate through. So it's not like they just put like a grid of things up here. Like everything has like little animation and like curved lines with like glowing like uh, like lights around them to just give it this dreamlike sensation. But you jump into a game, you click play, it oh, it goes straight into it. There's like hardly any loading screens with any of these games. Um, you have a control scheme with every one that you play. So I played, um, I played Super Mario. I played a uh, space fighting game where I was like fighting people in space. I played a mini golf game like Golf It. I played uh, um, that game I showed you earlier with the toilet paper, like side-scrolling, like puzzle game where you're a toilet piece of toilet paper running away from the coronavirus. <laughs> and like, I played uh, Fallout in Dreams. I played PT in Dreams. Uh, there's a Wario game that's in there. There is just like so many different things that are vastly different from like the the very watercolory, artsy-looking. Uh, design of dreams which is like they they definitely make it look painted in the textures and stuff to like fallout didn't have that at all it was just like more realistic looking graphics and there's such a diverse set of like textures and stuff in here i don't know where all this stuff comes from and how they put it on this game but the vast like diversity of stuff that can exist here is crazy to me yeah, we, we jumped in the PT because you're trying to show me what yeah. all the stuff and yeah, it was we were in in like a second. <laughs> there was no lag time. There was no there's hardly any loading, if no. any loading at all. 
and you just go in and jump in and we played PT and it was like the real thing. Like they even had audio that I'm pretty sure was from PT, which makes me wonder, you know, if they have to crack down on copyright stuff. Yeah. Because they do have copyright audio. Like we played the Fallout one and it was the Fallout music and then even some of the audio was from Fallout. So yeah. I don't know I don't know how they get around that or if they just can't police it at this time. You know? Yeah. I wonder if it's something where if it's like because it's not for I mean the game itself is for sale, but right. the property within it is not uh, for sale. Yeah, that's probably that possible. They're able to use it as long as it's like <laughs> free. Yeah. I guess maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and then we played the Mario World one, and that was pretty awesome. Like, it looks like you're in Super Mario World. And I was like, what the heck? <laughs> the things you can do in this game are ridiculous. And that, I'm kind of wondering if maybe they'll put out an advanced suite. Like, it would be awesome if Sony produced this. So if you want to make games for this game without doing it on your PlayStation, you can do it on your computer. Now, that might be way too expensive and too much to throw in there, but um, the stuff you can do with this already just seems freaking phenomenal. Like, Fallout looked like Fallout. PT looked like PT. Like, effects, like, visual effects and stuff, like, on the screen was amazing. And, uh, you know, we're talking about, like, you know, Blizzard would just look at this and see, like, hey, you give someone tools, they'll make something cool for you, and people want to come back and keep playing this stuff. Like, yeah. Can you imagine where those libraries going to be in like a year? Oh yeah, there's going to be so much on there, and Blizzard's just missing out on that, and that just makes me sad. And then, yeah, be, being able to take that that obsession with making stuff um, to the next level and being able to do it on a computer where you can actually do a lot more in general and makes it easier too. Because I, I can only imagine making these games with a controller. Yeah. Holy crap. And that just goes to show like people are actually doing some really awesome work just on the console. Yeah. And that just blows my mind because when we play Anthem now, it's so hard to play yeah. because I'm so used to mouse and keyboard. Right. So I can only imagine. <laughs> I would not want to be that person. But, yeah. you know, more power to them. I, I watched an IGN video of somebody like they basically said, here's what you can do in 25 minutes with dreams. And they painted a, a scene of like a rock um, pathway going up to a castle building thing and uh, it looked really good and they were using the motion control effects so I'm curious to see how that how that operates because the motion controls aren't super fluid but overall like because I play they also use motion controls in a concrete genie mm-hmm. and so when I'm painting in that I can pretty well paint and what I've noticed with dreams so far is that they kind of help guide the the mouse for you as you're moving so that you like if you're getting crooked they'll kind of even out that flow Mm. so i think that there's some like programmatic like like machine learning inside there that determines the tries to predetermine the flow that you're trying to do and based on the motion the path that you took we'll try and like even some of that stuff out so it's not like really jaggedy and rough and stuff like that but with huh. that said, I do think I would bet you that we're going to see this come to PC sooner rather than later. That would be awesome. Because we have, uh, they just announced that Horizon Zero Dawn is coming to PC this summer, which is, yes. I mean, PS4 is finally like breaking the mold and saying, all right, PC players, like no Xbox, but PC players, you're getting uh, dreams. You're getting uh, PlayStation games. And I could see a future where 
they kind of do like an Xbox uh, Play Anywhere kind of deal where mm-hmm. you get it on PS4 or on PC, whether they build like a store for that or what that is, I don't know. But I think Dreams definitely will open up like a million times more with that capability of yes. giving a mouse and keyboard to somebody to create these things. Because the detail already is just phenomenal. Well, I mean, it's not like the most amazing thing ever, but given that it's built in a game on a, on a console, like, yeah, some of the stuff yeah. is like almost, it's super <clears throat> accurate, especially for the Fallout stuff and PT stuff. Amazing. I mean, it reminds me of the old days when people were having to like hack together stuff for mods like you know that you were get money tools for uh call of duty or for unreal tournament or whatever it might be crisis and you would you would use those tools to build worlds but yeah there's a lot of a tech there was a huge technical barrier to go through and with this now granted i haven't gone into the creator tools yet but from what i've heard i mean you can create audio files like there's an audio editor inside here there's a character modeler tool inside here there's a level editor there's an animation editor there's like all these pieces that are all somehow inside of this game and like this game wasn't even full price i'm like like i think i paid 50 bucks for it or something like that i'm like i don't know how all this exists and then well speaking on all that yeah you're you know we we jumped into that racing game or the yeah the rally game yeah and it had a full-blown like intro menu with like the moving camera and the set pieces and some music and the like press x to start and i was like oh my gosh this is like a real game yeah in a game. Yeah. <laughs> and so we get in there and there's a tutorial and the guy's showing you like click this and you know it has a controller and then it, like lights up what it's t- what it's talking about like hit this to do that, hit that to do that and then in the game there's audio being like all right like 3 2 1 go it's like his audio. It's crappy audio but nonetheless like the it's capability yeah. of doing that is just mind blowing. <clears throat> yeah. It's it's really awesome. And um I mean, I just can't wait to see, like, continue. Like, I want to do a series. I have planned out for us to do a series where we have a two-part discussion series where we have, like, the best of dreams creations, like, down the line. So I was going to do it, like, in a couple weeks, but I've shifted things around a little bit to give more time to, like, kind of get into that stuff. But I think it would be really cool to have that because, I mean, again, you have the single-player stuff, but then there's also multiplayer stuff that can be done here. And I've seen people that have started making like actual like open world RPGs in this game. And I'm like, whoa, like where does this come from? And I've seen menu systems that are like pretty elaborate and um, not your typical, not what you'd expect to see inside of a game creator inside of a game. <laughs> it's just baffling. And then I saw that uh, Dreams came out a couple days ago, uh, or actually just a couple, yeah, literally a couple days ago. They're starting a new beta test program. Um, call that's going to allow Dreams creators to sign up, and um, you it will allow you to be evaluated and potentially be able to sell your work off PlayStation. So if it's a music video or a poster or something like that, you own the rights to your original creations and Dreams, and the company wants to make it easier for you to profit from that work. So it's not a guarantee to get in, but this is it. Sound it looks like, and it's exciting that they're planning for the future to enable users to obviously copyright restrictions aside but give you the ability to export and sell this stuff outside of the dreams ecosystem which is is opposite of what warcraft and blizzard did with Warcraft reforged exactly so that's a that's a big win for uh, media molecule i think to Uh, yeah let people have this control and for sony to allow that to happen too yeah 
So, I mean, think of like Man. what this would do for people that just want to play games, but don't re- or want to make games, but haven't just found the right tools to be exposed to it, but have a really good creative idea in mind. Right. Like if they come in here and find these tools really usable for them, they can make this and get inspired enough with an idea that they produce and get enough likes and follows to where they might get investments from somebody and be like, hey, I love this idea you made in dreams. I want to hire your mind to come and work for us and build games. Right. So we could have like a whole new set of developers that's that what, come into play. That's what indie get. Yeah, <laughs> they're learning off of dreams. Yeah. What was your first game? Oh, I made this dreams game. Uh, you can still play it today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you could buy it for two bucks. You know. And I guarantee you, games. Well, I don't know. They the way that this is designed, you can create a whole RPG system if you wanted to. Yep. Speaking, talking, shooting, looting. All this, well, I, I didn't get to see the looting yet. Uh, it's all the shooting, it's all the talking. I mean, it's Fallout 4. Like, that intro that they made must have taken them since the game came out to finish. Like, it is legitimately, you know, HD quality, high renders, very accurate detail of um, yeah. that intro to Fallout 4. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing. Like, there's the... I just don't get how it works. Like yeah. nobody can see us on here, but this is oh, a wipeout either. game that's made made inside dreams. And that's like realistic 3d graphics right oh there. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, and they have UIs that they've designed. I'm like, how do you do this in this program? Like, I don't know if you can even upload outside assets. And if you're yeah, able to do thing. all this, I'm like, how is this even, I don't know. It's just, it's incredible. The, uh, the work that, and it's so early and it, it's got me so excited to see what, what the future holds for this game. Um, See, I hope they do have a thing where like, it's like go on this website, log in, upload files. Yeah. And then you can download it into the game and use it as, as something. Yeah. I hope so. That's I'm like, they need a PC component to this and this would just be amazing. Yeah, I agree. I, and I think we'll see it before long. I mean, this is going to be, it's going to be pretty, pretty big and exciting. It's not like huge right now, but I think as soon as people can see the capability of this, be like, oh yeah, this is a dreams game. Yeah. $5 on Steam right now. It's like, what? You made this in dreams? What the <laughs> heck? You know, like, it's awesome. Yeah. It's, uh, it's incredible. I and mean, I even tried to dabble in some modding tools with Blizzard back in the day, <laughs> trying to make my own maps and stuff like that. And right. I know you try to make a, a game out of the Crisis engine, yep. which was going to be really awesome. Yeah, we got pretty far with it, and then people got lives and stuff like that. And I was yeah, really sad, couldn't, couldn't but I had my hand in on the level creations and stuff, and we had a pretty badass-looking level for a while yeah. there. But What was the story for it again? Uh, it was very uh, Norse mythology kind of centered, so it was these it was old olden time. I would say it's like Vikings meets Game of Thrones meets like something else but mythology but yeah it was gonna be episodic and it was a story about these people that live within the wall that the ancients built and the wall was created to keep out whatever is out there and again sounds like game of thrones now but um (laughs) you you live you live as like this viking tribe and uh amongst these people and your goal was to like the first day you had this quest to go up on this tower that's up there and hasn't been touched or seen in years and you go up to this tower to 
get your first ability or whatever to play through the game. And then as you progress through the next day, you wake up and then there's somebody died in the family. And then because it's such a tribal kind of thing, they have like a a funeral pyre thing where they put the body out on the boat and send it out to the water and shoot the arrow and uh, light on fire. And then you learn your training in combat. And then eventually you and your team become nomads and have to travel out through to the, the wall and break beyond the wall but in that process, you have to go through this forest where there's all these like crazy, wild like like uh, what's what are the characters that live in the trees in Star Wars? Ewoks. Yeah, it's like Ewoks, but they're evil and crazy, and uh, cool. you have to fight them off and stuff like that. But that was like the first episode, basically. It was getting cool. to the wall, yeah. and then once you break beyond the wall, we had like a whole another set of ideas and stuff. But it was cool. Rhinos were the uh, animal of choice instead of horses. You had rhinos that you would uh raise and breed and stuff like that that's not accurate at all <laughs> nope not accurate but it was cool yeah these big fat rhinos and you have like war rhinos and then uh regular rhinos that would be the ones you ride and you have the ones that have the big huge horns and tusks that would be used as like killer rhino weapons you and stuff. like a dinosaur take on it yeah would have been cool not real rhinos now i gotta well yeah could have done that You'll now, be like, this isn't real. Yeah. People <laughs> liked it. It was, it was, people were, were getting into it. I remember seeing all your updates and stuff. I was like, dang, man, you, you are, this is going to be an amazing mod. I'm going to get Crisis. <laughs> now we need to get it in Dreams. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I had the documents. That was back in the day of like MIRC. So it didn't store any of the, it didn't save any of the text. So oh. like, I think I had them on a hard drive somewhere. Some of the communication and design document information I had, but this was also before Google Drive and all that stuff. So, it's I don't know where all this stuff was. But we had like a twenty six page design document with all this like stuff that we had put together and stories and everything. And I'm like, I need to track it down and find it because that was a lot of fun. Yeah, but yeah, See, modding is amazing, guys. It is. It is. Don't shun modding like Blizzard. Anyway, that's all I got. So Austin, you got anything? want to add no, no this is amazing I'm, I'm ready to see where this is going to be in six months me too so next time hopefully if i have time i'm going to play the actual creator part of it and then kind of talk about and review what that's like so uh stay tuned for that and uh that's going to wrap it up for the games we played if you want to play games with us each and every week you can join us on our discord channel i think we played three days last week uh online discord which is kind of crazy so battlefield and then vermintide and Battlefield again, probably, and all the things. So Surprising. It was fun. So check out the link in the show notes to join us on Discord. And if you like what you hear, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or sharing this episode with a friend. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with our video game news. Have you ever found yourself on your way to a friend's house for a LAN party or a con-like dream hack with no easy way to transport your gear? It's heavy, it's complicated, and you have to deal with about five minutes parking restrictions. Thanks to our new sponsor, Crazy Pro Gear, you don't have to worry about that. They have an awesome pro-level backpack that can hold any mid-sized tower or smaller, your accessories, peripherals, and everything except your monitor. We used it at QuakeCon 2019, and it was a game changer. You can also use it for board games, video game consoles, and game sticks, and more to make travel to the next convention or friend's house as simple as throwing on your backpack. Head over to theinnergamer.net slash crazy, that is C-R-A-Z-Z-I-E, to purchase gear for your next event. A portion of the proceeds go back to us to support The Inner Gamer. We'll see you at the next con. You're listening to The Inner Gamer.
is time for video game news. In this segment, we share the best headlines from the week in the gaming industry. If you ever want to contribute to next week's episode, send us a question or comment at hellothinergamer.net and we will include it in next week's podcast. Do it. All right. So we're going to jump into the news this week. Yes. Austin, there's a lot of shit happening. Yes, there is. Uh, COVID is here. Yes. Um, social distancing. Social distancing. Yes. We are stay not away. far. Stay away from me. Apart. I don't. I don't want you near me. It's I'm scary. trying not to. I know scary we're person. we're not with me oh like two God. arms length away. I'm gonna go this direction right here. I'm gonna sit right here. This is this is not far enough. This isn't far. Six oh, feet away. So damn it. Get, you better get through that wall. I'm gonna take some vitamin C after this. There you Just go. Chug it down. That's right. Chug it. Get some vitamin um, D and vitamin C. Some chugging some coffee. Some DC. Um. Just anyway. With what? <laughs> Get some vitamin D, get some vitamin C. Yeah, exactly. It's a conspiracy. District of Columbia. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah where the White sense. House is. Yeah, it's not good. All right, fourth story we have for y'all today is uh, Call of Duty Warzone is a new game that finally dropped. We did a, a lot of coverage on this, knowing that there was a Battle Royale coming to the Call of Duty world uh, this year. And sure enough, it's here. And they announced it a week prior, and then they dropped it last week. And in four days, it's reached 15 million players. It has had an exponentially faster growth rate than Apex Legends. And everybody is making sure to talk about that. But what I would like to argue is that everybody knows what Call of Duty is. Nobody knew what Apex Legends was. So to say that they're a good comparison is not a good plan. So that's just my two cents on that. But either way, Warzone is growing extremely fast and rapidly. Um, 15 million people tried this free-to-play mode as of March 13th. It is a new download. If you have Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, or not, you can download it to play for free. Um, in the first 24 hours, it had 6 million people who had played it, and uh, that's a big deal because Apex... Well, actually, I take that back. So in context, Apex Legends was up to 10 million players in three days. So it's pretty close growth, actually. But Apex Legends, I feel like it's a much more but impressive it's just one. People who have played it, like how many people played it and were like, "I don't want to play this anymore." I think it's just a, I think it's just a false positive. I mean, it's great. Six million people have tried out this game, but it's not like, what are your concurrent players? Like, what was how many people were playing this after twenty four hours, after forty eight hours, after a week, after two weeks? Uh, well, we haven't got that far, have we? Uh no I don't I mean it's probably pretty it's March eleventh so it's not even out for a week yet no it hasn't been out so, for a week yet uh you know I mean that's all I'm saying they, I mean they're just they can make this a marketing thing and that's what I feel like it is hey look six million that's a great number to throw out there make people hyped that's all I'm saying yeah I just think it's 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 just it's just plain old marketing like usual. Well it is I mean it is definitely like hey look at these big numbers that we have but. On the other side of thing, the coin, it is uh, doing pretty well. It has two hundred twenty-one thousand viewers on uh, online on Twitch. Okay. So that's a better number to go off of. So that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Um, but the problem is that it's bundled under the Modern Warfare insignia. So it's is it Warzone or is it not Warzone? We don't know because it's all bundled under the Call of Duty Modern Warfare. There's no Warzone separate qualifier. Right. right. Um. So that's kind of odd. But it's okay. So with that said, basically it's out now. People are really liking it. Like I was watching some videos with Jack Frags and he was giving it pretty high praise, um, saying it's pretty cool. They do have some unique ideas to this. It's basically an amalgamation of every great modern warfare map ever thrown into one big map. And of course, of course. There is a, you know, you have your you have vehicles um, that you can play in here and then you 
drop in the map. And then what's kind of cool is when <clears throat> when you're dropping in the map, one feature that I really like is you know how normally like you're trying to figure out where to hot drop and you have to pull up the map and like say, I'm going to drop at the barracks or whatever and whatnot. When you're dropping, do you remember in Splinter Cell Conviction that they put the text on the walls and on the floor and stuff like that when you start a new mission? Well, that's how they do it in this game. So when you're dropping out of the airplane, when you're looking around you, there's like 3D text that is over top of all the areas you're dropping at. So you don't even have to look in the map. You just say, I'm going to drop over there because there's text over top of it. And once you get to a certain distance down the ground, it fades out and then just goes away. I was like, that's a nice feature. And then um, they do have respawning in this game, but different than the way Apex handles it. So in this one, they have this uh, area called like... I forget the name of it, but it's basically once you die, you go to this pit. Um, and in this pit, you have to uh, basically do one-on-one fights. So you're pinned up against one of the person and you fight them uh, in like a small gunfight like mode. And if you win, you get to revive and come back into the battlefield. So death is not so do you the drop end. in? Uh, I th- you think you, I don't know the answer to that question. That is a great question. But what uh, they also have in here is uh, your friends can also bring you back so they can pay money that they've collected from like resources and stuff like that or from killing people to respawn you at a, like a loot box drop place, um, which is kind of nice. But that is a good question. I'm not sure if you spawn in or drop in on them. Well, already that just seems better than having to go and respawn you. <laughs> I can just buy you to come back. Like that just... It just helps out so much more, I feel like. Because it's always like you know, Apex, you only have those few respawn beacons, which it makes it more strategic, right? Yeah. Um, on like where you are, where you need to go. If you need to revive somebody, you know, you got to go make sure that and as the circle starts closing, you know, some might already be used up, so you can't even use a respawn beacon. You have to go to one that's in the circle or really close to the circle. And there's been plenty of times where we're right outside the circle, but by the time I get back in from respawning, I'm almost dead because, you know, we're on like the third, the fourth or fifth circle. So it's just right. like, like really knocking me down. Um, so yeah, this just, this is awesome, man. Yeah. So the place is called the Gulag, the Gulag. So it's a respawn feature that any player, solo or squad can utilize at least once per battle Royale match. When you are down and then killed, you are dragged to a prison. From there, you wait your turn alongside other defeated players to fight, for your right to respawn so you'll wait in the rafters and you can watch people and you can even like like uh like um what do you call it um heckle them and stuff like that you can throw rocks at other players and stuff while you're sitting here waiting that's funny and then uh when it's your turn you go in and it's a one-on-one last man standing match with another player in the gulag with a randomized weapon so everybody's got a random weapon and it's uh, basically, again, like gunfights. So you have pistols, shotguns, et cetera, in the rotation, and you have to just win. And if you win, you're, you respawn to deploy again on the Battle Royale map. Um, and that's only once per match. And then uh, you said they won't get a chance if there are less than 25 players left when you die. Oh. So, But there's 150 players in this game so as opposed to 100, like what you're mm. used to seeing. So there's a lot more players so to this play. This must be a giant map. It's very big. It's very big, yeah. Is it bigger than... What is it bigger than... Has it been compared to anybody? Do you know? Uh, I don't know, actually. Um, map comparison. We're going to find out right now, everybody. We're doing it live. Do it live. Okay, it is... Get drunk, do it live. Yes, it's pretty pretty large. So there's... Oh, wow. 
There's the Fortnite map. Yeah. So it's much larger than the Fortnite map, basically. So it's very, very big. Interesting. That's um, crazy, man. And bigger than the Blackout map. Significant. It's like twice the size of the Blackout map, it looks like. So gigantic, essentially. Well, I guess we should play it, huh? Oh, I already got downloaded. I'm ready to play. I'm going to have to download it then. I might play it later tonight. Yeah. I got to work tonight, but I might. If I get it all done, yes, we're doing it. Doing Doing it live. live. Exactly. All right. So, everybody remember Silent Hill? Yes. Silent Hills. How could we forget? That was a game. PT came out. It was amazing. It's also available in Dreams. So, if you want to jump into Dreams and play PT, it's there. But, Side note with that PT, I'm so amazed how many people are still making PT. I know, like, right? There, like a lot of all the games that have spurred off of PT, and it's not even a real game; it's just a demo. Like, what the fuck, right? Ah, it's incredible. I love it. So, rumor has it that Silent Hills has been rebooted and is in the works between Sony and Konami. So, Konami is supposedly working on kickstarting this again with. Uh, Sony and several returning members of the original Silent Hill production team will be back. Now, you saw a video that Yong Ya put out where it sounds like there are additional rumors that Kojima and possibly even Norman Reedus might be involved in this project. Yes. And somehow they're like getting back normal and they like each other again yeah. or something. So, yeah, the amends might have been made. Who knows? It's all speculation right now. People are trying to read between the lines of certain comments that have been made. And um, we can only hope that this is true because, holy crap, this would be amazing. Yeah. Like, this is a game we all wanted to happen. And it was probably going to be, you know, one of the better games that Kojima's made. Um, and more sense that, you know, he, he would take... It, it's a new... Well, I don't want to say new, but having that kind of horror, especially with Guillermo del Toro being part of that which i don't know if he'll be part of this now uh probably not probably um, not i don't think he has a it would be something soft, i think he's not very happy with konami yeah oh i'm sure he's not yeah i, I think that that game would turn out to be something spectacular that we only get once in a lifetime so hoping for the best over here <laughs> yep but i'm glad it is being remade um and i hope that it's not gonna be you know games as a service type thing Oh, I don't know what they even do to make this game as a service, but it wouldn't put me pa- put it past them with yes. Konami. But yes, it's hard telling. Supposedly, it's being developed by the SIE Japan Studio, which now includes members of Project Siren, um, who made the survival horror series Siren, which I never mm. played. But um, that is interesting and kind of exciting, and um, <clears throat> wouldn't be surprising if we don't see something about that with a PS5 reveal event whenever that happens to be happening. Oh, that would be amazing. This year. So, Get another um, PT for... Uh... <laughs> <clears throat> I think we should make a Dreams game that is uh, PT, but let's call it PTEV, and it would be <laughs> about the haunting sounds that your dog eats. Yes, yes, I like it. <laughs> Rolling on the floor. <laughs> I like it. Oh, man, that'd be funny. Um, all right, so... Overwatch yes. has Overwatch 2 coming out sometime. Uh, sometime. We don't know when. <laughs> At some point. But uh, after this article from Destructoid, uh could be a little bit longer than we thought. Really? Because the lead writer of Overwatch has left Blizzard. Uh, amongst wow. many other people that have left Blizzard at this point. Yes. Um, Good on him, man. That's all I got to say. Yes. So Michael Chu was a lead writer for the Blizzard uh, or for Overwatch. 
um, and contributed to multiple Blizzard franchises and is leaving Blizzard after 20 years. In a blog, he describes his two-decade journey of the company, noting how Overwatch was a, quote, life-changing experience and how it's impacted a lot of people across the world. Um, so he does a lot of work on the background and all the aspects of the narrative, the overarching omnic crisis that informs all the game's cutscenes to individual bits of dialogue, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, uh, he also has a very good close relationship with the, the voice actor cast. Um, but my biggest concern is that now that they are making a story component officially to overwatch two, what does this mean with his departure? Because if he was like the craftsman of a lot of that stuff, like are, is it finished? Is it almost finished? Like, will this be a concern for overwatch two? I don't know. Uh, I would think yes. Yes, it would. <laughs> the guy actually did pretty good with the stories and stuff. You know, you know the little um, mini movies and uh, you know all the background things and tying stuff together and yeah, not hints and nods to this or that. It's just like it was cool. When the mastermind's gone, what are you different and unique? But yeah, and I was excited to see a full story for Overwatch. And I'm still excited to see a full story for Overwatch. I feel like Overwatch is the last safe franchise that's left in blizzard yes um which is really sad to say because everything else has been fire burned to hell and dead yes, somehow people accurate. still play world of warcraft but right whatever <laughs> but um yeah starcraft hasn't seen the light of day in a while mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. diablo may be a fire of hell if less diablo 4 does really well hearthstone's fine but no, it's not even fine. It's, it's it's declining yeah, I mean, people still play it, but yeah, it's definitely not as big yeah. as it used to be. Right. Um, and you can see with, like, League of Legends, like, you know, they're branching out into so many different things. Um, oh, yeah. Counter-Strike now. Yeah. S- times are changing. Yeah. Um, speaking of times changing, Epic Game Store. Oh, Epic Game Store. Our favorite tool. Oh, I love Epic Game Store. I just, I just had to mention that they finally added wishlists <laughs> after, like, 5,000 years <laughs> of waiting on this. So they should have added wishlists back when they, uh, you know had a sale um, when people were like selling shit, but no, they finally did add it. So they, uh, what's long been a lacking feature in their store. Um, you can now come in here and add uh, stuff to your favorites and build a wish list out. And then you get notifications about it later on and put it all together. But basically all it is, is, um, you click it, the heart will fill in, and the game in question is in your wish list. And you feel the contents of your wish list in your account menu in the top corner, and that's basically it. But eventually, they plan to add filtering and smart searches and future updates, as well as email notifications when the status of wish list game changes. So that's dumb because now you don't even have email notifications about it yet. Mm. I get emails from Nintendo and Steam all the time all the saying, time. Your wish list game is on sale. And I'm like, Fuck yeah, I'm going to buy that shit. <laughs> So this is oh not helping gosh. me because I don't ever go into the Epic Game Store unless yep. a new game comes out. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Well, I don't even do that as much either. Like, I'll just tune in there every so often. You know what? I think I do get, like, hey, there's free games this month or whatever. And that's the only thing I get. Yeah, I saw a game that's going to be free this month that looks interesting. Um, yeah. I forget what it was, though, but it looked good. Yeah. Hey, they're um, free. You might as well get them. There you go. Uh, so last story we have. CD Projekt Red, our buddies over at CD Projekt Red, are releasing Cyberpunk 2077 this September. 
It is coming very, very soon. We're so almost excited. there. We're so excited, almost right? there. Are you excited? Uh, I am excited. I'm also excited. This is really random, but those of you that are listening to this podcast will have already seen this. But Westworld Season 3 starts tonight. Oh, oh you got that too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No one cares about that. Dude, Westworld is awesome. I guess. I didn't see season two. I didn't finish it. Well, you are a noob. Yeah. Because it's great. It's just kinda I fell off of it. I'm sorry. It's okay. Anyway, back to this amazing project. Anyways, yes. Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is coming out and CD Project Red has announced that it'll begin development of a new game set in the world of Witcher, but not Witcher four after Cyberpunk is released. Mm. So they were speaking to Eurogamer Poland, and the president said that they have a clear concept for a new single-player Witcher game, and that would begin as soon as the game drops for Cyberpunk 2077. Nice. So this might be, they said that after the game releases, they will have two larger teams working on Cyberpunk's multiplayer and DLC with a smaller team beginning work on the Witcher game. Um, They also said that the facts that the new Witcher game would not be the, the Witcher 4 continuation of the story of Geralt. So, um, goodness, this is him to rest. Yeah. Uh, so this might mean that, uh, you know, Geralt's story is complete in their mind, but the studio would probably return to the Witcher in some form. So I don't know who they'll follow or what story they'll tell within that world, but yeah, that is coming very soon and is kind of exciting, you know? Yeah, no, I'm really excited for this, man. This is going to be awesome. Yeah. Cause Um, it's probably a new Witcher or a new generation of Witchers. You know, maybe Geralt will be the new, um, oh, I forgot his name, the guy who was uh, kind of like the, the teacher of the Witchers. He ended up passing away. Uh, Spoiler. In the game. Yeah, okay. He didn't, he didn't get that far. But maybe Geralt will be that for this. and He's training a whole new thing of Witchers. I don't know. At the same time, he doesn't actually like being a Witcher. He thinks it's pretty horrible what they do because they have to do some kind of um, ritual. And a lot of the boys who go through this ritual end up dying so only the few survive. I don't know. Something like that. Yep. There's a lot of lore there, so you can do all sorts of stuff with it. I really want to read the books or just like read a synopsis of the books just so I can get an idea of what this world is because I haven't played the game. I watch TV show. I want to play the game. Maybe I should go and play the game. You should play the game. But there's just like so many... What? It fascinates me how big the story is. Like how... I mean, this is like Game of Thrones level probably vastness, and I don't know anything about it. And that sucks. And it, it hurts my soul. Yeah, it should suck. Yeah. So I'm like, fuck. Just go play an hour every day like you're watching a movie. And, and then I'll be like done in a day. five months. It's fine. It's fine. At least you'll be done. Yeah. That's what I should do with every game. But that's just hard because I'm like, well, I don't want to play this game today. Like the other day I was playing, uh, what did oh, I start yeah. doing? Um, Start watching a TV show. Uh, Start watching Orange is the New Black because I feel like I want to finish it. Mm-hmm. Just because I was I have spent so much time watching it, and I was like, I'm just not really feeling this right now. So then I jumped into playing some games, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna play Dreams, and I enjoyed the Dreams experience, like like thoroughly enjoyed it. When nice, I was playing the nice. Outer Worlds, I didn't thoroughly enjoy the Outer Worlds, and I fallen off of it. And I'm like, fuck, I feel like I should like this game, right? But there was something that just it hasn't wanted to pull me back. But Dreams is pulling I me back. It. I get it. And then like I play Wolfenstein for so long and I got so far and now I'm like falling off of that again. I haven't finished the damn game. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> you have this, you have a worse problem than I do. Dude. It's so bad. Yeah. It's like FOMO to the max. Yes. Very FOMO. Anyway, that's our news this week. Yeah. Short, sweet to the point. 
I like it. All right. So if you haven't subscribed to us yet on YouTube.com, you should head over to YouTube.com slash InnerGamer and subscribe to get our videos in as they launch. And also, this is for you, David. Bang that bell. That's right. That's right. Stay tuned for our discussion topic. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. Each week we dive into a hot topic about video games. And this week we're going to be talking about something very, very intense. How COVID-19, one of the coronaviruses, is affecting gaming events Mm -hmm. and much more. The gaming industry as a whole. Um, There's Mm -hmm. no denying that COVID-19 is changing a lot. It's changed all and any expectations that we had about 2020. This is going to be the year of, like, well, the biggest year in gaming. Cancel culture has come to America. Cancel culture has definitely come to America. We're in a pandemic now. We are in a national crisis, as President Trump announced last week. And uh, in the next month or so, hopefully this will start getting better. But in the meantime, we're starting to see lots and lots of cancellations. So far, E3, South by Southwest, Game Developers Conference and many other gaming events have been canceled mm-hmm. or postponed. Yep. Um, GDC is supposed to be supposedly going to come back later this year when we don't really know yet. They said in, they said in the summer. Okay, so sometime but in the summer. I kind of feel like that might get canceled too, just in general. Yeah. At this point, like we're now we're in a national pandemic when before it, it was mo- being moved, we weren't where we are now. Right. So things have changed. Things have happened real fast. Um, so, uh, there's also a bunch of, uh, esports arenas and just events that are sports related that are going digital. Uh, it was going to be, they were just going to air them live with no fans. And now they're like just straight up canceling these events, um, because the players are now getting infected. So mm-hmm. with all this happening, uh, we want to kind of look at, uh, this being the biggest game in gaming year in history with new console launches, all that stuff and how this is going to affect <laughs> What a lot of putty, a lot of people put a lot of money behind mm. to prepare for PS5, Xbox Series X, and beyond. So, first thing I want to talk about a little bit deeper is the big, the big one in the pack, which is E3. Um, in my mind, like I mean, GD3 was also re- or GDC was also really big, but E3 is a big gaming event that we already knew was having trouble leading up to it because Jeff Keighley backed out. Uh, PlayStation said again that they're not going to be there. A couple other people weren't going to be there. And this is well before coronavirus is even a thing that we were talking about. Mm -hmm. And then not long before they canceled it, the ESA came out with a response to the resignation of I Am 8-Bit, which was the organization that were the creative directors behind E3. And they left on March 8th or right the week prior to March 8th. Mm -hmm. And they were like, we're not creative directing E3 anymore. (laughs) It's like, what the fuck? So all signs led to this not happening yeah. anyway. Yeah. And then the next week they come out and um, E3 officially announces that they are canceling due to coronavirus concerns or COVID-19 concerns. So this is the first time since 1995 that there has not been an E3 that's happened. Wow. And it's not postponed. It is legit canceled this year. Yeah. Um. You and that's can't postpone that. Yeah. <laughs> it's too big. It is. It's huge. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's it's crazy because there's people coming from all over the world for this event. That's, there that's was the thing. Yeah. Bit, like Microsoft, this was their big event. And they're, what they're going to do will 
you know, kind of kind of explore that in a little bit. But there was a lot of things that were going to be going on here, which we're going to talk about later on as well. But we'll see kind of what those kind of become uh, as we we jump through this. Um, another thing, obviously, South by Southwest got canceled. That was not a decision made by South by Southwest. That was a decision made by the city of Austin, who basically said, "No, you can't have this." I, I honestly think they would just they would carry through with it. Yeah, I really think so. Oh, if the city of Austin had enforced their hand, yeah, yeah. I, I think they would have carried through. There's just too much, too much industry there for it to cancel. Given, I understand the situation now. I don't. know, Maybe they would have at this point. Yeah, um, we actually decide we're deciding not to go for that actually, yeah. and we were really sad. I, well, my anticipation was is that well, especially for gaming, you know, they have a lot of people from overseas who come and show their indie games, and that just wasn't going to be able to happen this year, right? Like I guarantee you, there'd be a lot of empty booths. So I was like, well, it's going to be a lull, you know, a lull year. There's no reason to really go. Yeah. It's sad as, I mean, I do want to go. Um, you know, uh, Fan Expo got pushed back. Yep. To Fan July. Expo got pushed back. Yeah, July. Yeah. That's right. Um, and then uh, GDC got canceled uh, or p- postponed, I believe. Uh, Overwatch League is pushed back two months. So that's not happening for the time being. Um, even like in broader stuff like NBA, uh, MLB, freaking uh, NHL, um, all these sporting events and stuff are getting can't like postponed um, just to focus on this new idea of social isolation. Mm-hmm. Or is that the term that they've been using? Yeah. Social isolation or social, social distancing? distancing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, we haven't heard anything from DreamHack. I hope right. that's not canceled or pushed back because I really want to go to DreamHack. <laughs> but same I with know, them. They especially because that's that they have that collaboration with Acon. So yeah. now it's going to be a joint discussion of yes. like, do we do it? But you know, there's always the thing with the con flu. So you know, I guess if you don't get corona, you just might get the flu. Yeah. But you don't want you don't want the flu right now because you have a lowered immune system. It's just not good. Right. Um, I hope it's not canceled, but given the circumstances, it might be leaning that way at this point. I would not be surprised if they don't push it back. Yeah, some other time. And I heard a lot of people saying that you know once summer hits, like it will kind of slow down the the spreading of it. But I don't know. I've heard so many different things. Apparently, that's not true either. So yeah, and it's one of those things where there's this guy who studies outbreaks and stuff like that, and he was saying that it is going to run through the population, and it just it just has to. Like that's just how like. I mean, how do how are a lot of people get the flu and not die? Well, they built up immunity to some degree. They're saying that the same thing has happened here. You either get it or you don't, and if you get it, you either live or you don't. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just one of those things where you know. Well, the other selection. thing too, it's like there's some people that are getting it but aren't getting sick from it because right. it's not affecting their immune system, but they're still a carrier and they're passing it on. So. I agree that yeah. everybody at some point or another, and like I've heard people that are getting turned away from getting tests because they're not in the high risk like zones. Right. So it's like, like I also read somebody else say that it's two hundred and fifty dollars to get a test if you don't have insurance. Mm-hmm. So to to just pay to get tested. Well, so, some people are doing free tests, but that's what I. It's not everywhere would be happening. It's but, not everywhere. Yeah. Um, also, you know, we live in the Dallas Fort Worth area, so the first person to get it in Dallas has now gotten over it. Right, so they're they are fine and healthy. Yeah, so that's good. That's good. Yeah, um, I may hear it's not pleasant, and as long as you take it easy and avoid pneumonia, yeah, you should be in pretty good shape and right. don't have pre-existing conditions and stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, the but the bigger problem behind this this virus, is, I mean, yes, like it's huge that we want to make sure we limit how it spreads, but at the same time. 
the bigger issue that we have to deal with now is the fallout that comes after because yeah, we're this that. is really, really heavily impacting our economy. Um, with China having all their issues that they've had being shut down, we're having a supply shortage everywhere. Um, we have businesses Mostly, that are um, failing because of the social distancing. So people yes. aren't going out to buy stuff as much at these restaurants and stores and all these different things. So local businesses are suffering. These big events are getting shut down. So there's like big money revenue expectations from these events that are now not going to exist. Yeah. It's like, it's like tourism basically, you know, people coming from all parts of the world to one event now ain't going to be here. Aren't going to spend money. Yeah. You know, I I heard a bunch of people freaking out about South by Southwest because, you know, they put all this investment in like advertising for that event because they know how big of a crowd it gets. And now all that, all that advertising money went to nothing. Well, I wonder if they get a refund for that. No, no. Once you pay it, it's done. <laughs> oh, dang. You can't. I mean, if you pay Google $300,000 for ads, they're not going to give you money back. Well, I understand that. Well, that's different. That's this, advertising. This is, this I mean, that's is, what I'm talking about. It's like this is the thing that digital you, advertising. It's going to be like at an event. The event's not happening. I mean, once you just, oh, digital advertising. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's just different. like advertising in general, though. Like, I mean, if you pay to run an ad in a magazine for an event and then gets canceled, the magazine's not going to reimburse you for that event because I was thinking like on site, like here's flyers, here's announcements oh, like no, at no. the actual yeah. event. Yeah. I'm talking like, uh, like marketing okay. and well, yeah, advertising for, leading up to the okay, event. Yeah. Yeah. Well for that, I, I def- definitely yeah. understand. Yeah. You ain't gonna get that money back. Yeah. So that, that's, uh, that's scary as we had a, a client of ours that, um, spent several hundred thousand dollars for a expo that is now canceled. So, yeah, it's done. Yeah. So it's a loss, you know? Yeah. And that just begs to, like, what is going to happen to... So I know a lot of people have been like, we need to close down schools. And the guy who was on the Joe Rogan podcast was saying, we don't want to do that. Because 70%, I don't know where he getting his numbers from, but he was saying 70% of people who work in the healthcare industry send their kids to school. So if their kids are at home... Who's going to take care of them? They have to now leave the healthcare industry, leave helping other people and getting helping you know people recover from this virus, and going to stay with their kid at home. So that's seventy percent of the work the workforce gone. Yeah, that's not good either. That's a fair and then point. They're not making money. Way. Yeah. So what are they doing? Like it's just a it's a lose lose situation. And well, yeah, they're at the front line, and it kind of sucks because most likely they're going to get it. Well, it's like my my boss for like we just had a new policy we put in place for uh um like how we're gonna handle this in the next couple of weeks at my work right so basically if you're sick or potentially exposed to being sick you work from home but if you aren't then you have to come in but my my boss specifically um, his wife's a nurse and so he instantly is at a high risk he's a high risk person so. <laughs> For the next two weeks, he's not going to be uh, coming in the office, and he's like our director. <laughs> you know, it manages all the stuff, so that's going to be rough. But then at the same time, it's like that's his deal. Like his wife, I mean, she has to be at work because they need nurses at the office. So exactly. um, Tuesdays and Thursdays, when she's in the like she's working at the, the hospital, like he's can't work. He's he's head down because he's got to take care of her. But for people yeah. that don't have that, you know, family support system and stuff like that, like he can stay at home. His job allows him to be able to stay at home with his kids mm-hmm. and still get some stuff done. Whereas, like some people that work in like service industry or you know work uh, in a 
office somewhere that requires you to be on site. Like, yeah, that's tough. It's real tough. It's going to hit a lot of people real soon. Like, I think the first month will be okay, but if we go into month two or three, it's just not going to be good. And God forbid we have to go the rest of the year like this. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's going to be real. A lot of business are going to close down. Yeah. And you have a lot of people out of jobs. Maybe we'll see a recession. <laughs> like a yeah. hard, like a full-blown recession. Well, we may not know it yet, but we might already be entering a recession. Oh, without, yeah. Without like seeing it fully. But mm. I feel like it's definitely here right. in some capacity because it's just... We're not going to be even, I mean, even if this is only a month, it's still going to affect us really hard. Um, well, I think it's easier to recover from that happening. than a full year if everything's closed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't think we'll get a full year. I mean, but we could, but I would see it being like two or three months. And then, but the fallout of it is going to be like, I don't see this, us recovering from this for another year and a half. Yeah. Probably from all yeah. this stuff that's a year, year and a half of what. Even if we're out for a month like this and things are shutting down, I think that's going to have at least an eight to twelve month effect on the economy, um, because like literally the way that things have just stopped um, in so many ways, and mm -hmm. it's uh, it's crazy. It's a lot, but so um, real quick, just just so everyone knows, like you know, you were saying people are going to work from home if they're sick or whatever, but. Takes two weeks before you have any symptoms, right? And by then you're in the thick of it, and it's pretty bad. So you've already been spreading it for two weeks if you have it, um, or if you get sick. So if you can work from home, I don't see why jobs just let everyone work from home. Like it's just better that way. And I don't, I don't like they have to know this. I feel like this is common knowledge. Yes, I work in the health industry, so like I guess it's common knowledge for me. But like people just need to work from home if I mean if it's that bad, which it seems to be. Well, that's, that was the argument that I made the other day. I was, I was there. I was like, you know, I mean, it takes two weeks for this stuff to discover. Their point was, well, if, you know, it's already like there's already people here that are affected. So at this point, the damage is already done. So <laughs> that's like, not a good way to look at it. I at know. All. I know. But then once they get the infection, then once they are sick, then it's like, yeah, then you stay home. But then, I'm like, and everyone, okay. so everyone just keeps going to work and they're sick. I mean, that's, that's, well, no, I mean, like once they are sick, then they go home. Well, but, I mean, that should be the, but yeah, like at this at point, point, like they're already <laughs> infected. So if you send them home now, like everybody probably already is infected potentially. So but potentially not. But yeah, that's you're, true. You're signing yeah. on the, the, the side of caution that no yeah, one yeah. is sick and someone could get yeah. sick. No, I agree. That I agree stupid. with you. I'm just like... That is stupid. It's definitely a... I mean, might as well. I mean, if if you can, do it. Yeah. Like, let them There's stay no reason they shouldn't. back and stuff like that because like everybody says, social distancing is important. So yes. if you can work from home, work from home. Get it done. So Crazy. I don't know, but um, another thing I want to talk on this is really interesting is I started seeing a lot of articles come out that, um, you know, living in this age of technology that we have uh, companies that have that provide us internet and stuff like that are at, you kind of realize kind of how shitty things are because AT&T out, came out two days ago and said that uh, they are waiving broadband data caps amid coronavirus 
for the next, uh, I believe it's the next couple of months. Whoa. So in light of the number of Americans who will be telecommuting, using telemedicine, attending classes online, and otherwise using the internet more, um, they are calling, the FCC uh, is calling on all broadband providers to waive data caps in affected communities for the next 60 days. Wow. This tailored approach will no doubt cost telecom companies, but it recognizes the urgency of the moment. Um, which makes you like one of the comments here was like, it makes you realize why uh, data caps are stupid because it's like, okay, yeah. you can do it. But I, I, at the same time I get it. Cause I mean, if you limit the data, you control the, the, uh, the volume, you know, like you have a, like a conscious control of volume. And if you just let it be free or whatever, it's like, you never know what's going to happen and it could like explode servers and like crash everything and stuff like that. But it is interesting that we have this ability and I never would have thought about this. Like you can loosen it and lighten it up. And, uh, for example, um, what did I see the other day that, um, uh, shit, who was it? Uh, somebody is going to give free internet access to students, um, for something or students are getting something free because of this stuff happening. So they're able to That's get some free act. So they're starting to like open this stuff up right. to people that need it the most in, um, in, in these, these uh, situations. So that's like the age of technology where it's a benefit and that we can provide more support quickly to people to have better access, easier access to things. Um, just put the click of a button kind of, you know, obviously it's not that, that intense, but that's, that's something that can be done. Um, so that was kind of cool. But what I want to talk about now is all this stuff is happening. What does this feature, what does this next year look like? Okay. I mean, there's no E3, but this stuff need, still gonna, needs to happen. Are you going to go into that? Oh, we can. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You want to? Let's go into this. This is yeah, amazing. I missed that one. I forgot about that. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Pokemon Go uh, also did something where they temporarily won't make you leave the house due to coronavirus. So um, because social distancing is a thing, they uh, said that they're putting updates out where people can just sit at their home, essentially, and still do things. Um, uh, Let's see here. They are... Pokestops are dropping gifts with more frequency. Um, And then they said that there are you know i forgot what they got the instance packs now which increases monster spawns and are also going on 99 percent discount <laughs> when they're oh, yeah. active they will last for an hour incubators will uh which ask players to cure a certain number of steps before hatching will now be more effective trainers can hatch eggs twice as fast you Holy basically shit. just walk around your house i need to get pokemon go <laughs> <laughs> this is the best I still go out for a run, so I'll just like boom. You don't have to go out for a run. You just like. Well, I mean, if, if, now that I do, I can unlock like 80, 80 eggs in like Dude, two that's seconds. Crazy! That's awesome. Yeah. Well, there you go. Better jump on it. This is the best, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's go Pokemon going. Well, that's one thing that that's exciting about this. That's right. what's happening. Is uh, well, isn't this crazy that like how everything has to adjust to the certain cer- certain circumstances. Like, digital media, I feel like, has changed a lot. Like, you don't have to go out anywhere to do anything. You can have Amazon deliver to you. You can you can get clothes through Amazon. You can get food through, you know, Favor or Uber. You know, all this stuff can be brought right to your door without ever having to actually see anybody if you don't want to. Yeah. Which is amazing. Well, I saw one of the Caviar just sent an update today saying that they are 
further furthering their um, COVID prevention stuff by saying that you can do uh, contactless delivery. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what yeah. that is, but like how that well, it's entails, probably like but, I put it on your front door, I'm out. Bye. Oh yeah, yeah. But then you're still touching it back that somebody else had their hand. Well, apparently but, they're trying to get these people uh, gloves so they don't uh, like less interaction. Yeah. But then yeah. you have people making your food, so yeah, I mean, exactly. It's like <laughs> it's gonna slip somewhere. It's gonna slip. Yeah, but yeah. At least it's helping prevent the again yes, flattening the possible. curve, as exactly, everybody says. Exactly. So well, maybe they spray it down with Lysol before they give it to you. That's true. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but oh, I just man. I just find it amazing that you know digital media is what's going to thrive right now the most. Like if you have a YouTube channel. You're a streamer, HBO, Netflix, all these guys. Like, they're making so much money right now. Pornhub. Pornhub. I mean, I mean the internet. Crazy. Digital. Everyone's like, oh, God forbid there's an EMP from the solar flares and takes out all this stuff. Well, God forbid we have an outbreak and we have to stay at home all day. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God for this, for digital media, man. Yeah. No, it's wild. So, I mean, you know, with, with E3 gone, with all this stuff coming out this year, one of the articles that I found, um, which got me really hyped, was that apparently Warner Brothers was going to have an E3 press conference at E3. Uh, and uh, they were supposedly, rumor has it, going to announce and reveal the new Harry Potter RPG. Nice. And potentially reveal the new Batman game. Very Nice. No, not nice because now we don't know when it's coming. And well, I'm, I'm pissed off. I'm assuming they're going to do some kind of. So they they got to piggyback off somebody. Be yeah. like, hey, Microsoft, can we show this on your thing? Well, see, I wonder what's. Yeah, I just don't. Everyone's going to do like this is why E3 is probably going to be dead after this point. Everyone's going to just do their own thing and find it to be just success, successful. Probably, is, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you hold you stream it the same day. It's not too hard to like ask. Early you know, from Sony to ask Microsoft, from Microsoft to ask Sony, hey, what do we do? Like, when are you streaming? Right. And then we'll just stream either after or before, you know, and just plan something like that. Like, it's not that hard, I feel like. Same with everybody else, you know. You just get a few people together, you know, PC game show can do their little thing where one guy stands in front of a camera and they just cut in videos, cut out videos, and, you know, do different stuff like that, you know. Yeah. Done. Or yeah. go to kind of funny. Let let them put it. Well, all yeah, together. like like what? Well, yeah, like I think what they did there was a good example of how you can do a showcase that doesn't have, or even the Nintendo Direct. Like they've started going digital with that stuff, and mm-hmm. PS4 State of Play last year. You saw that it's p- possible. Like get a big fan base around it, make it a live event, promote it, get the word out there digitally, and then just run it mm-hmm. and uh, let it let it do its thing. You can have like discussions and stuff. Like you could have people come in and talk about it like on camera, but not like be all be in the same room or whatever, but yeah. like just have people like do like a Skype chat almost where it's like back yeah, and forth. Seriously. And There's no have reason conversations not to. about that stuff. And I think that could be successful mm-hmm. and work really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're definitely going to have, I just don't know when they're going to do it. Like now it's like, do they like, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that people somehow figure out a way to space this stuff out so, like, I mean, it would be awesome to just have constant streams of new media announcements all throughout the year as opposed to, like, that's one thing I don't like about E3 is that you get all this stuff bundled into one big conference and you get really, really excited about it and you don't hear about anything for the next, like, until um, Gamescom. Yeah. You know, like, you don't get any other big, Tokyo huge Game things show. like that. But I love to see, like, these things kind of interspersed throughout the year so there's constant... On one point, I, it would help out the inner gamer because then we'd have more stuff to talk about yes, more frequently. That's true. This is true. But then on the other side of it, it's just like you'd have constant flows of hype and everybody has their own kind of like 
rhythm that they follow. Um, but I could, could, I could see like a conglomeration of, you know, PlayStation teaming up with a couple other like third party developers to do one big online event. Yeah. And uh, have like somebody, you know, again, like, like I think it would be cool to bring for them to bring in a content creator group, like kind of funnier, thinner gamer, whoever to, uh, to, to host this event and then get some of that flavor in there. Oh, I think yeah. that'd be really, really interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Um, cause I mean, they brought Greg Miller in for PSX a couple of years ago. Yep. So that was did pretty yep. well. And, um, I think there's some potential there, but it's like I also saw that there was a leak, a band leaked, uh, potentially a new Tony Hawk game that mm. was going to be revealed at E3. Oh, dang. Um, which Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5 didn't do so hot, but if they maybe they learned their lesson and would make it better, and I would still love to see a Tony Hawk's Pro Skater game that was good. Oh, yeah. Because that was a lot of fun back in the day. So, yeah, I mean, there's just so many different things that uh, can come from this, and I'm just like, I wonder how they're going to approach it. I mean, this is a good time to experiment, explore new ideas and yeah save a lot i mean in a sense save a lot of money after the first year of not saving money because you just spent all this money on these uh yeah. these like floors and stuff like yeah. that and now it's like all for not but um yeah i just i, I feel like as much as i don't want e3 to go i think it's evolving into something that's just unsustainable yeah well we are all kind of knew that already but just the way that they're going about it uh i just yeah there's still a way to put all these developers and people together streaming on the same day at different times or three days or whatever, however they want to do it. You know, maybe someone could be there to like get that organized in a timely manner. Yeah. But yeah, I think E3 is just not going to come back. Yeah. Cause people were already thinking about pulling out. Yeah. Like someone was going around being like uh, some indie guy, like, Hey, cancel your stuff. Like don't go. It's just, it's not going to happen. And they were debating on even canceling it themselves before this. So it was just kind of like, you know, what's going to happen here? You know, Jeff Keighley's gone. Yeah. Sony's gone. I mean, it's just the house of cards is falling apart right now. Yeah. And this is, this is the final the way straw. it could have been good for them. Because, I mean, a lot of people are now leaning towards PAX for these big announcements, yeah. minus PAX South. But yeah, that's true. They're investing a lot in PAX East and West and mm-hmm. doing showcases there. Um, PlayStation is doing their own thing. Um, I think people want these. I don't think there's an as much of a need for these industry focused conventions. I mean, like I, I still, I mean, they still have business meetings and stuff all the time everywhere, but like so much of this, that stuff can be digital if need be. Oh, yeah. Um, and save you some money too from like, let's, you know, remember that when we went to E3, they had that take two booth that was super cool and badass, but literally was there just for business meetings. Mm. I'm like, they spent all that money on that setup just for business meetings. I'm like, just invite them to your office. <laughs> yeah. Like that's that. <laughs> like why why do it there? It's right. weird. But yeah, uh just trying to cram so much into a week. It's just yeah. It's too much. It's a lot of stuff. But um like I'm really anxious to like we we thought we were gonna see PlayStation five announced at uh in February. Haven't seen that reveal yet. I don't know when that's coming now. I know that they were speculating and waiting to hear price points from Xbox Series X, but at the same time Maybe there's like a supply problem now. Um, That's true. I did see an article today though that like uh, China, about seventy percent of people that were infected are now recovered, so they're getting better. Um, yeah. And then hopefully that's fixing itself mm-hmm. um, a little bit. So hopefully we'll start seeing that more. Yeah, here a lot of people are recovering. Yeah. yeah. So um, I mean, that's when, it, a good when sign. it hit America first, it hit a 
old folks home. So right. <laughs> they were all going to pass. Yeah. Yeah. I saw there was like 40 people that have died in Washington and everywhere else. Like the next low, like highest death was, uh, there's five confirmed in California, I believe that died. Um, but by far the biggest impact was in Washington state so far. Um, and then of course, California, New York, because of the density of people. Another reason why you don't want to be super close to everybody. Exactly. All the time. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I mean, what do you think? What do you think Microsoft's going to do? Like, do you think they'll just do like an online talk, or will they like? I mean, they're always about like this big, huge stage presence, showy thing. I mean, they could theoretically do that just without a crowd, right? But I can see them doing do a Nintendo to? Direct type thing, yeah, where uh, what's his face gets up there and just talks. They just make a video. That's that. In a way, that's kind of what they they do. They just add all this extra pizzazz it's just yeah. not necessarily necessary like remember when they did right. that gears 5 reveal and yeah. they went like brought the camera down underneath yeah, the floor stupid. and so i was like that's interesting but it's like it's you could have just showed me these trailers and yeah call it a day yeah I, I think they'll do something like that yeah um i don't know if they pay people to put the trailers in there or not but i can see them doing like a big showcase like that just without the stage yeah. And that'd be fine. I think everyone could do that too. Yeah. And then like if any guys or like the PC people want to all get together and do the same thing, like oh well, they already do that. You just have the stage and the, the announcer. Just make it a video. That done. Yeah. I think the way Nintendo has done it, although theirs are very much they're too like literal in a lot of senses, the way that they describe their stuff. Like it drives me crazy whenever they are talking about Pokemon and they show Pokemon footage and they go and explain exactly what happens step by step in the video. Like they're very, very like they they just talk too much on a subject, but that's just I think the nature of like Nintendo mm -hmm. Japan and stuff like that. Yeah. But I love the way that they have people on like a white background just sitting there like just describing what you're about to see and then jump into the actual gameplay video and they come back and talk about it more. Just having that back and forth dialogue. I could see like Phil Spencer sitting down with a developer yeah. or somebody and yeah. having a dialogue about this game and then jumping straight into here's the gameplay reveal, here's the trailer well, I reveal. See, I can see IGN doing it that way where it's like, Hey, you know, we're streaming, we're watching it with you. And then, Hey, you know, come back in an hour. We're going to have this guy on Google chat or whatever, yeah. you know, or the developers and they talk, one person talks about it or something like that. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's how it's going to have to be because no one's coming over from Europe right now. Yeah. It's true. Obviously. Right. So I think, yeah, all I have to do is tell them be in a well lit area with some decent audio. Yeah. <laughs> and you're fine. You know, <clears throat> You got an uh, Apple computer, just plug in your, your Apple headphones and actually sound really good. Yeah. I'm kind of excited, like, in a way, because this is the first year I won't have to worry about FOMO being a thing yeah. with these big events. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, damn, I wish I could be there for E3. I wish I could be there for that. I'm like, now I don't have to wish I could be there because they're all going to be available to me and I will get the same experience as everybody else does. Yes. Which is kind of yes. a good thing. For a lot I of people, I don't even have FOMO for E3 anymore. Just thinking about those crowds. I don't have FOMO for there. E3, but just like, like, like goodness, like gracious. I would like to be in the room when like Keanu Reeves came out. Oh, and said yeah, we're all breathtaking. Been, yeah, that would have been amazing. But other than that, like it's it's fine. Yeah. So it's crazy, anyway. man. This whole world has changed so quick. It has. At first, you know, I was pretty much like, yeah, it's whatever. You know, uh, I knew a guy, uh, my chiropractor, looked up stuff like studies on the coronavirus that came out of China, I guess. And he was saying, all you need is a lot of vitamin D and a lot of vitamin C and you're good. And wash your hands a lot. Yeah. Well, that too. Yeah. But so, <laughs> basic hygiene and vitamin C and vitamin D. 
Yeah, yeah. Apparently, vitamin C uh, through the vein, if you have it, will help. How do you do that? Just like an injection or something? Yeah, you get an IV and then they have yeah. a bag of vitamin C. Yeah, that's and, trippy. And water. And just, yeah. Huh. Get into your veins. Yeah. Apparently, that helps out a lot. Kills all the things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it boosts your immune system. Right. So, man. Well, it'll be an interesting couple of weeks. Uh, for those that are curious, the Inner Gamer is still reproducing content every single week. Mm-hmm. So make sure you join us on all of our digital assets as you're sitting at home in quarantine. You can uh, tune in to watch us on Wednesdays on our weekly stream. Yes. Which would be pretty exciting. I mean, we might need to do more now that everyone's going to be <laughs> home. Yeah. Hey, feel free to jump on and go live anytime you want, man. We gotta gotta make it happen. I, I might need to. It's uh, try to find another day. Definitely, definitely would be a good uh, good thing to do. I think at this point in time. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. But yeah. So that is all that we have for this discussion. Um, it's been a wild ride thus far, as you mm-hmm. all know. Oh yeah. Um, things aren't slowing down anytime soon. But this industry is used to being online. So I think we are set up for to for success as a. Uh, more than any other industry that's out there. Exactly. So um, hopefully uh, what were once in-person experiences can be large live online experiences akin to like, you know, when Fortnite had their big Star Wars event or, you know, Marshmallow did a live concert or whatever. Like That's I mean, true. Just so rinse random. and repeat and do that <laughs> stuff again and bring it, bring it online and that'll be the way it is. Yep. And uh, with that, that's going to wrap our discussion this week. If you want to contribute to next week's segment, give us a shout at theinnergamer.net or you can join us on our Discord channel with the link in the show notes. We'll be right back with our upcoming video game releases. So stay tuned, my friends. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. Looking forward to next week. Let's talk about talk about our upcoming video game releases. Yes. So while you guys are social distancing yourselves from the world, uh, there are four games that are available coming in the next uh, seven or eight days. On the 20th of March, Animal Crossing New Horizons is finally here on the Switch. This is the first um, Nintendo published title for 2020, I believe. Like, like, like fresh, brand new, like mainstay kind of game. In this game, you escape to a deserted island and create your own paradise as you explore, create, and customize in this game. Your island getaway has a wealth of natural resources that can be used to craft craft everything from tools to creature comforts. You can hunt down insects at the crack of dawn, decorate your paradise throughout the day, or enjoy sunset on the beach while fishing the ocean. The time of day and season match real life, so each day on your island is a chance to check in and find new surprises all year round. Very nice. And then on the 20th as well, so if you want Animal Crossing, you can also have to decide if you want to go nice and friendly or dark and evil with uh, Doom Eternal coming out on PC, Xbox One, PS4, and Stadia. Hell's armies have invaded Earth, become the Slayer in an epic single-player campaign to conquer demons across dimensions, and stop the final destruction of humanity. The only thing they fear is you. Experience the ultimate combination of speed and power in Doom Eternal, the next leap and push forward, first-person combat. And also you can play their their uh, their uh, multiplayer, what is it called, battle mode or whatever? I forgot. Where it's like, I think, 3v1 or 2v1 yeah. or something of that nature, where you're like, Slayer's... Versus an enemy, or evil slayer person. Versus the enemies. Yeah, it's like multiple enemies. Oh, yeah, yeah, one slayer, multiple yeah. enemies. Yes, yep. that's what it is. And uh, yeah, so that's also going to be out as well. And Doom Eternal. I mean, are you going to get this? Uh, I think I am, but I don't know why I should wait. I don't know if I should get Half Life Alex first. Yeah. Well, 
Half-Life Alex comes out three days later. I so. know. <laughs> That's the issue. <laughs> what do I get? I know, and I'm going to buy Animal Crossing and Doom Eternal and Half-Life Alex. Oh, gosh. Which is the next game that we're going to talk about. Half-Life Alex comes out on March 23rd, everybody. We never thought we'd see this day, but the new Half-Life is here on PC VR. Half-Life Alex is Val's VR return to the Half-Life series. It's a story of an impossible fight against a vicious alien race known as the Combine, set between the events of Half-Life and Half-Life 2. Playing as Alex Vance, you are humanity's only chance for survival. And then last but not least, on the 24th, which is the day after Half-Life Alex. Bleeding Edge comes out on Xbox One and PC. This is the next game from Ninja Theory. You grab your team and tear it up in Bleeding Edge, an electrifying online brawler where every fighter comes mechanically enhanced from mayhem. Choose your fighter from a diverse cast of colorful characters from the edges of society. Burn rubber as bold and beautiful Buttercup with her detachable saw blade uh, arms. Wreak havoc as black metal rocker Nidhogger with his electrifying guitar solos, or slash up the streets as Damon, New York's most wanted assassin. I also found out that Bleeding Edge is not full price. It's like $39.99, so that's uh, kind of cool. I, I, don't, I need to get all these games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it Shit. sucks that they're all at the same time. Yes. Um, fortunately, though, after this, like, there's a little bit of a slowdown for like a month, and then there's more games that come out. But you have a month to play four of these games. Thank goodness. Several of which are like pretty. I mean, I think Doom Eternal is gonna be like a 15, 20 hour game. Half Life Alex, I think, was like 12 to 15 hours. Bleeding Edge is multiplayer, and Animal Crossing is a 365 day game. So, yeah, yeah, sucks. It's a lot. Oh, goodness, Brett. The storm is here. Just it's in time the beginning for COVID. of the year. I know, what dude. the fuck? It's wild. Oh, uh, here we go again. And that's going to wrap it up for the show this week. Be sure and check us out next Tuesday for more from your favorite video game podcast. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to join us in person at our event next week at Hop Fusion Brewery on March 19th. Um, we'll be there. Or be square. You please work. If you want to support our show, you can donate on our website over at thingamer.net. All donations go towards making the podcast, videos, and events even better. You can also join in on the conversation over on our Discord channel, so check out the show notes for that link. And as always, if you cannot contribute monetarily, take the time to share this episode with a friend, family member. The more eyes we can get on our content, the faster we can grow, and it helps more than you know. So thank you for your continued support. I'm Austin Morales. And I'm Brayden Oski. And you've been listening to the Endgamer Podcast, guys. We'll catch you guys next week. Podcast out! What the fuck? What the fuck, man? What the fuck, audience? What's going on? We're gonna die. We're all gonna die. Three, two, one. I don't know what's going on, Brett. All right, three, two, one.
Did you already clap? Holy crap, I missed that. You miss every time I clap for this last video, That's you miss crazy. it. <laughs> it's crazy. It's very crazy. You're crazy. Out. I said guys like two Bye. Times. Bye.